Please pray with me. Lord God, I pray that your spirit would fall powerfully upon us, Lord God, that you would warm our hearts by the power and inspiration of your love, Lord God, and that you would speak to us, place your words in my mouth, open our ears and hearts that we might receive you and be transformed by you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. How are you all today? Everyone staying warm? It was easy to find parking out there, wasn't it? As long as you were like the Titanic and didn't mind hitting an iceberg or two out there. I mean, you could find any spot you wanted. Well, I would have brought a prop this morning, but it's broken down. My props are all broken down today. Uh, Actually, I have a garage full of broken down vehicles. I feel like a blue-collar comedy tour victim or something. I mean, there are just broken down cars and vehicles all in my garage. Let me tell you about it. Last week... I, uh, you know, I got this new, my brand new 1988 4Runner with 230,000 miles on it. You know, when a car gets that kind of mileage on it, it is not always as reliable as a new car. Anyone ever picked that up before? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of new to me. I didn't think about that so much. But I was driving back, uh, not Wednesday of this week, but the Wednesday before from skiing. And remember, it was dumping snow at that time, which is when I loved to ski. We had like two and a half feet of fresh powder at Sugar Bowl, and Sarah, our second oldest, and me were up skiing and just ripping it up and having a great day, and we had, it was wonderful. And then we're driving home in my forerunner, and suddenly we get to uh, Cisco Grove, and I lose all the power from the engine. It's just barely chugging along. And this is not a powerful car to start with, right? It's a little old four-cylinder, and suddenly it like barely can even move itself. So I have to shift it into low range of four-wheel drive even to get up the off-ramp and to park it in the gas station at Cisco Grove. So my brand new car, deactivated, broken down, stuck in the middle of this blizzard up up on the Donner Summit. Total bummer, huh? Great day of skiing followed by total depression afterwards. Then, less than a week later, this last Wednesday, I was out at Healdsburg for a clergy conference, and I was riding my motorcycle, which has less than 5,000 miles on it. It's a 2006. It's in great shape. I maintain it well and everything. I just merged onto the Highway 101, was just oh, unwinding the throttle. Oh, anyone ever done this on a motorcycle? It feels so good. Like, every cell in your body is alive as you're accelerating. You just can feel it just as it's taking off. And so I'm merging out into traffic. I pull out into the middle lane to get around a truck that was going slower than me. And as I'm passing it, suddenly I hear, BANG! And suddenly I feel like the back of it start getting real loose and slidey. And so it turns out that the engine had seized... Uh, which on a motorcycle is attached via a chain to your rear tire. And it's not like a bicycle where you can coast. Like, it doesn't work that way. That chain, if it's locked up at the engine, it's just stopped. It's like you put on the brakes. And so the back tire is just sliding as I'm doing 70 miles an hour down this road. And so uh, it was exciting, right? So I get off the road, and that's it. Both my vehicles... Fortunately, Tara's car is in good shape, but both my, my vehicles, gone. In less than a week, both of my like fun things that I like to get out on and enjoy the world and enjoy life and enjoy the Lord are taken away. Boom, just like that. So as I read about the Lord's provision in the gospel passage for today, I wonder if it applies to clergy in Grass Valley or not. 
Right? You know, does God, is God really going to provide for me? I mean, I've lost both my vehicles in a week. I mean, is this really apply to me or not? Or is this just for everyone else? But what does Jesus say in the passage? He begins with an admonition to get our lives in order, to get our priorities straight, to love God and not money, to serve him and not the wealth. If we serve wealth first, it puts everything in disorder. Anyone ever read about lottery winners before? Like the people who win like the mega millions? What happens to them most often? They crash, right? I think it's over 90% of them are bankrupt in a few years. Right? They went from millionaires to worse than before. Because does money care about you? No? Are you sure? Right? I'm still thinking it might. Every once in a while I get that feeling like maybe it does care for me. But you know what? I think it doesn't. I don't think money really cares who possesses it. The money just kind of goes from person to person. And it'll leave you better than before or it'll leave you worse before. Worse than before. It doesn't matter to money. But if we put the Lord first, like Jesus calls us to, if we put him first, does he care about us? Yeah, Jesus cares about us. And he will order the rest of our lives because he cares about us. If we put money first, it doesn't care about you and me. It'll destroy the rest of your life as easy as it'll bless it. It doesn't care. But the Lord, when we put him first in our life, he orders everything else. He sets it all in its proper place behind him. Therefore, Jesus says, if you serve me, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you eat, drink, or wear. Those things don't matter much, and he'll take care of them. The most important thing is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And so Jesus says, let me give you some examples of how God takes care of things. Look at the creatures and plants around you. Birds, lilies, grass. They're doing fine. I mean, not right now, not under the snow. They're probably not loving life so much. But they'll be fine when the snow melts. God takes care of those things. He gives them the grain they need for the birds to feed on. He gives the lilies the nourishment from the sun and the rain. He gives the grass exactly what it needs to survive. He cares for those little things in this world. And so Jesus says, Don't you think that because he cares about these little things, he'll care about you and me? Don't you think that because he loves these little things and cares for them, he'll care for you and me who he loves infinitely more and who are so much more valuable? The answer is yes. Yes, God will care for us and will watch over us. Therefore, Jesus admonishes us not to worry about what we'll eat, drink, or wear, but to get our hearts in order by seeking first the kingdom of God and his his righteousness. And then the second part of that is that when then all those things that we need will be given to us as well. So to get back to the motorcycle and the forerunner, which I'm sure you've all been wondering about, right? It's been on my mind all week. It's been just stuck in my brain like I need to fix those things. When they broke down, all I could think about was about the vehicles and how mad I was that they were broken, right? Those were my toys, Right? Those were my methods of conveyance. Those were the ways I got around. And I cared for those things. And then they were suddenly stripped from me, and I was mad. Anyone ever been there before? Ticked off? But then after I was given, after after the adrenaline wore off, you know, particularly with the motorcycle thing, after that kind of wore off and I started to think clearly, God gave me his perspective. He said, Seth, did you think about ever how this happened? 
Right? Did you ever stop to consider where your forerunner broke down in that snowstorm? Do you know how many exits there are between Grass Valley and the Donner Summit? There's like three or four. Right? And how many of those in a blizzard have a, a plowed parking lot where you can park safely? Anyone know? One. <laughs> yeah. There's like Kingvale and there's Cisco Grove. And other than that, there's nothing. Right? The roads, they hadn't gotten far ahead, uh, enough ahead of the storm to clear off the shoulders. If you stop there, I mean, there's a high chance you get hit by another car or a plow. Right? But God ordained it in such a way that he gave me enough time when it broke down that it got through my head that I had to get off the road. And then I was able to see the exit and had just enough power to get into the parking lot before it died completely. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty amazing. He preserved my life right there. And then my motorcycle. Right? So as I'm ripping down the road at 70 miles an hour, God knew that it was he ordained it and orchestrated it in such a way that I was at a part of the road that was wide, that had a large shoulder. And not only a large shoulder, it had an intermittent um, crash barrier, whatever, those metal, what are those things called? Guardrails, thank you. Guardrail, so I could pull over and get behind it. I could get, that could be safe. Those things can stop a car. And so there was plenty of room for me to get out of the road. And then also sometimes 101 is not the most, uh, it's, it's pretty crowded, right? Sometimes there's cars everywhere, but he worked it in such a way that there was plenty of room for me to get off the road, to get out of the way of traffic, and to be safely preserved and make it back to here alive to you. Because you know what happens on a motorcycle if you stop in the middle of the traffic? Yeah, you're the next speed bump, right? Yeah, that's about it. It's thump, thump. Oh, there was a motorcycle. And, but he ordained it in such a way that I was able to get off the road safely. And I was only a mile away from where my family was. And so Tara and the girls were able to come rescue me, which they did also on the Donner Summit, too. It's a consistent theme, right? <laughs> Seth stranded, Tara rescuing, you know. Here comes the cavalry. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's the story of my life. So what was essential in those circumstances? What was essential is survival. Right? Was, what was essential was being that God got me to a place where me and Sarah in the car and myself alone could be a place that we were safe when these incidents happened. That was the essential thing. The vehicles, I care about them, but they're not that important. You know, I can live without them. It's not like I have a long commute. Right? I mean, I live right there. You know, I don't need them that much. And we've got another car which is very reliable and works great. God provided for us. He took care of me in the midst of those times. So what was essential, he gave me. What was inessential was taken away, but is that a big deal? No, not really. It gives me some project to work on in my garage in my spare time. Right? It gives me something to fiddle around with. And I think that the Lord is doing the same thing in your lives too. There might be some things that, you, that are being taken away, that you're wrestling with, that your heart is yearning for, that you're saying, no, I want that, I need that. And God is saying, let me just pull it away from you for a little bit and let me show you what you really need. And also, let me show you how I am providing for you in the midst of that hard times. Let me show you how I am sustaining you when everything seems to be falling apart around you. That's the Lord's business. He does that every day. He provides for us what we need, and sometimes he takes away what we don't need. He is in the business of drawing us to him. 
So my hope for us is that we would be people who would accept God's provision in our life. That we would put him first, that we would prioritize him as number one, and that we would accept him as our Lord and Savior, turn our lives over to him, and also accept his grace which he wants to give us for this day. Let's be people who willfully and joyously surrender to his provision and gratefully accept it and go from there proclaiming his goodness to the nations. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you so much for providing for our every need. Lord, for giving us clothes to wear, food to eat, water to drink. Lord, you provide for all of us, Lord, in so many powerful ways. Give us eyes to see your provision in our lives, Lord God. Lord, our eyes might have been closed due to frustration or anger, Lord, at how our lives are working out. But Lord, give us your perspective. Help us to see that you are delivering us, Lord, even as we speak. Lord, and we turn ourselves over to you now. We accept your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness, Lord. Help us to put you as number one in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.